Eric Vincent, what is up? Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box show where we talk mainly all sports, but recently it has only been Lions, and we're going to kind of ride that high just a little bit longer. We've got some end-of-the-season awards that we want to pass out. We want to talk about the NFL playoffs that have gone on this weekend. we got a few questions uh, that have come up on the internet recently that we want to just address as far as old regimes and new regimes go. And we got a little hoorah and who cares. Eric, how... How's it going, man? It's Monday, MLK Day. Like, how's it going? It's been good, man. Yeah, happy MLK Day to everybody, uh, all our audience listening or not listening. I hope you're enjoying the day. Uh, It's been cool, man. Um, Speaking of holidays, uh, this should now be the time where everybody's got their Christmas tree down officially. (laughs) I feel like this is the checkpoint where you need to stop being lazy. If your tree is up after MLK Day, that's a whole problem. So, you know, that applies to you. Take your treat out. But thank you for being here. We appreciate it. We do appreciate it. And you know what else we appreciate? You know, with the end of the Lions season, I think there was a little bit of, like, consternation that there was not going to be any more MCDC. But we find out today on the Manning cast that there is going to be a little more Dan Campbell in our yeah, lives. Sure. He's going to be joining Eli and Peyton tonight for the Monday night broadcast. So make sure. And I don't know, Eric, like, what are your thoughts on the Manning cast? Because I love the Manning cast. You know what? I liked it when they had football minds on, like when they started putting other guys like Tracy Morgan on. It just kind of got like a like a mockery at that point. But this lot. Well, this lineup was great. Coach Prime, Dan Campbell. It's Teddy Bruschi. I'm not really excited for. But those two alone with Coach Prime in D.C., that's gonna be must see TV. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Like we got it, it's gonna be fun. We got a little more MCDC in our lives, and we tonight, Eric, are gonna kick off the show with what we are calling our 2022 superlatives yeah. for the Detroit Lions. Now, if you tune into like a uh, a Jimmy Fallon or uh, you know, anything like that. They give you, he gives you superlatives, right? And the made up awards essentially is what they are going to be. Uh, but we're going to hand them out. We've got a whole list of them. I think there's about 10 of them that we're going to hand out. And think of them like your high school, right? Most likely to succeed, which I didn't get. I, don't, I, I know you got like the, the cool ones. Class Mine, superhero. Class Mine superhero was, right here. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Class superhero, like, it is Eric Vincent. He is the class superhero. Probably also most likely to succeed. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I might have gotten, like, most athletic, but it wasn't anything, like, to be memorable about. So, oh, my uh, brother's chiming in. He's calling me the golf hater of the year. <laughs> that would be my superlative. I'll wear it with a crown, and you will see that he has not gotten any awards from me tonight, which is okay. I, I tossed it around a little bit, but, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. So let's jump into this. Our 2022 Detroit Lions superlatives, Eric Vincent. Let's and do this. we actually named all of these awards. We did. So give the people the first one here, which is the best unsung hero this is kind of like your superhero of the class award it is uh it's a lot of lions that got a lot of credit for what they did this year but it's a lot of guys that didn't there's a lot of players that flew under the radar did their piece and did their responsibilities and really really applied for this uh this job this wasn't an easy category i, I waffled between a few different players so for best unsung hero uh yeah. you want me to go first I'm gonna, but before you do, I'm just gonna remind everybody when we throw this up right here and we explain the award, throw your name in there. Yes. Who do you think was the best unsung hero for the Detroit yes. Lions? We'd love to react to your comments. We'd love to talk to you uh, about these awards. But yeah, let's go ahead, Eric. Let's go ahead and throw them up. Who do you got? Yeah, mine is the option on the right. It is uh, Frank Ragnow. I had to go with Ragnow. Looking at what this offensive line did, seeing how the injuries that he had to play through and the guards were very consistent as well with their health and their penalties as well. Uh, Ragnall did a lot, and I don't think he got a whole lot of credit for how great he was, even with being named as a pro bowler. So I got to give a lot of love to Frank Ragnall for how he performed this year. We're getting a lot of people that agree with me. and I, I like had, that. I, yeah, I had John Kaminsky. And Good the call. reason why great I had call. John Kaminsky was he showed out the first two games, then got injured. 
And then the defense looked lost in weeks two or week three, four, five, right? They went on their bye week. He didn't play much week seven, didn't play much week eight. But then he came back week nine through eight or 18. Yeah, it would have been. And he had an impact nearly every game, including forcing a fumble on Aaron Jones on primetime Sunday night. So, like, John Kaminsky is my unsung hero for this year. Like, such a phenomenal talent i hope that they resign him i hope that they bring him back because he's a force and i didn't expect it Not so that's all. why he's my unsung hero i like right now i love his post uh you know basically yep. saying how he wanted to be back too how he, yeah. he felt how special it was with this group he was a huge part of what that defense did that's a good call that was my that was my backup pick honestly I'm not mad well, at that great minds think alike eric Indeed. that's what that's what they tell us. so let's move to right. our second one which is the Denny Green Award. Now, people might be going, what in the world is the Denny Green Award? Well, if you YouTube Denny Green, you'll see an interview. It's only about 45 seconds long where he loses his mind saying they were who we thought they were. If you've ever heard that clip, that's what this award is for. It's These are the guys that are exactly who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Go ahead with yours. Yes, indeed. Again, this is the early call of mine. I was super happy about the Lions being able to scoop him. I heard a lot of buzz about this player from Jackson State, from some of the friends I had, and seeing the way he played, coming out from Thanksgiving through half the season, not even the whole season, just half the season, and dominated and played as awesome as he did. James Houston, I think, is an easy call for the Danny Green Award. You are who we thought you were. We got some others up here. Uh... Matt says Deshaun Deshaun Elliott was who we thought he was. That's a a good call there. Another Mm -hmm. one here, Jamal Williams. We're going to get to him in a little bit, Kevin, but that's also a good call. Mine's mine's Hutch. I mean, number two overall pick, nine and a half sacks. Phenomenal impact, phenomenal rookie year. Should be the defensive rookie of the year, but there's a lot of love for uh, Sauce Gardner. So, yeah. We'll see what happens there, but, I mean, they were who we thought they were. James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson, it's really – I think Ricky brought it up last week. He said, you know, what if Houston had played earlier in the season? And I think that begs a very good question, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Hutchinson is who Hutchinson we thought he was, and James Houston looks like the steal of a a pick. I mean, he was more productive in in a shorter amount of time than Trayvon Walker. Indeed. And that's impressive. So these are our Denny Green Award winners. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. You can go ahead and explain this one, buddy. The title speaks for itself. <laughs> I mean, like, you walk up to this person and you start some mess, you're going to F around and find out who they really are. Uh, this is this. I I feel like everybody should go with mine on this, on this one. Oh, okay. Mine's um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what they pick. Who would you, you know, who would be the F around and find out? Award winner. Okay, before we show ours, let's go ahead and throw the comments. So we got Rodrigo. That's a good one. Okay. Rodrigo's a good one there. Cowboy hat. It's yeah. The cowboy hat for sure. It's the cowboy hat. Oh, Kevin Fields. Right on, mm, my man. There it is. There it is. That's who it is. Panay That's Sewell. who That's it my is. Pick. If you walk in the back alley and you see Panay <laughs> Stool with that fro out, knowing, that, knowing how athletic he is, we see it with his speed, knowing you can't outrun this man, one of the strongest tackles in the NFL. Panay Sewell is an all-around monster. We see it in a plethora of different ways. Not scared to stand up for his teammates if you're talking trash on the other side. Panay Sewell is him. He's a goon. He's a goblin. I'm one of the biggest <laughs> fans of Panay Sewell. So this is easily for the F-Rod to find out winner for me. But also has a sensitive side. Made Brad Cam- or Brad Holmes uh Brad Campbell. Now that's what we're going to be calling him. But Brad Holmes tear up telling him, thanks for bringing me to Detroit. Like, I love yeah. the fact that this guy's on our team. I think that he's doing a great job. But my F around and find out award goes to Deshaun Elliott. Ooh. And it's because the dude can be a bruiser for sure on the field. And this is solely based upon one tone-setting play from this season. And that's in Jacksonville. When he... On the first drive of the game, Bingo. Yep. knocked the dude off his shoes, forced a fumble, and set the tone for the game. And I was like, dude's a man, and I'm going to give him this award this his year. Presence, his presence was missed, too, in that secondary. When he went dude. down for a couple games, 
it was definitely felt. He was a thumper, covered ground very well in the secondary. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like Deshaun Elliott a lot. That's a good call. That's a good Thank one. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I'm glad I got the approval of Eric. Let's move on to our next award, the most fun to drink, the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid with. Who would we enjoy having a glass of Kool-Aid with? And I think there's a couple of ways that you can go, but you and I actually agreed on this one. We do. Which was interesting. We yes. both would love to have a little sip of the Kool-Aid with Mr. Aman Ra St. <laughs> Brown. The <coughs> the re- like unheralded really good wide receiver that yeah, we no got question. in the fifth round. Top 10 player at this point. Top 10 receiver, I think. So Matt says to Sheila Ford Hamp. Kevin says Dan Campbell. Which That's a good one, too. I... I almost put Dan Campbell on this one because I was like, you know, if you're drinking blue Kool-Aid with Dan Campbell, it ain't just blue Kool-Aid and a good yeah. time is about to be had. <laughs> but then I got to thinking like, nah, I think there's a better award for Dan Campbell that we're going to get to here in a minute. But Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is is one of those guys. He's taken on that Golden Tate kind of role. He. Yes if I'm not mistaken over the last two years has as many catches and has been relatively as productive as Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And we got him in the fifth round. Like I, this dude is phenomenal. He can rip off all the guys that were named in front of him, which yes. I think gives him a little added extra pride for wearing the Honolulu blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, and he, I love his podcast he does with his brother. Uh, so he clearly is not scared to talk some trash. They went back and forth, hyping up their games. Uh, yeah, you talked about how he was, you know, ripping off every person that was drafted ahead of him. So he's like that fun coworker that you could talk trash about all your other coworkers with oh, yeah. mine, but he's still professional enough when it's time to get to work. So, yeah, see, I, I would love to kill it. Uh, see, Fred here saying, is on the right track too, right? Like, Jamal would mm-hmm. be great to drink Another the Kool-Aid call. With. He Absolutely. would be, but there's there's other awards coming for Mr. Williams. So let's move on. I feel like Jamal to... would be too hype off too much Kool Aid. I couldn't pick Jamal. Ah, yeah. He'd be spinning I... all over the all over the bar. <laughs> he might be. And talking about hype man. Yes. Let's talk about hype man. Why did we give this award, Eric? It's a lot of energy guys on this team. Uh, we know who the big leader is in terms of energy. Is in terms of Dan Campbell and. This is what you kind of need for young teams. You need those young inspirational pieces for leadership and to keep guys motivated every Sunday, especially when you're playing meaningful football down the stretch. And our, I think our picks are spot on for this one, actually. All right. Well, let's get to them. Let's do it. So before we do, Matt says Deuce, the hype man. Deuce Staley, okay. running back coach. Assistant head coach. Not, yep. not a bad choice there. You've got yes, Kirby sir. Joseph. I've got Dan Campbell. Fred okay. says Aiden Hutchinson, which is another great call. It's a good call. Why'd yeah. you go with Kirby Joseph? Because Kirby got a, a a handshake with every single player on his team. If you look on social media, you see them do the, uh, the 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 flex dance with Hutch. He's got a dance with uh, um, Jamal Williams, where they do the the Dragon Ball Z with each other, the Street Fighter thing. Like they had, he has, he got a, a a dance for everybody, and he seems like he's got one of those infectious personalities that just blends in anywhere. So I love the energy that Kirby Joseph brings as a rookie, as a yeah. rookie, what he's able to do. So yeah, Kirby was an easy call for me. Uh, Kevin says Isaiah Bugs, which is a good call as well. Like Bugs played great. Another one of those free agents that I hope ends up coming back to answer that that defensive line but for me this was the easiest choice in the world aside from choosing like him to drink the kool-aid with mm-hmm. there's no other person you can put as a hype man than dan campbell just oh, the that. way <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that might be the the tweet of the year right a lot of good quotables this season for the lions <laughs> there were there were but dan's speeches in the locker room, the the vision that he's setting and saying, this is where we're going, and you're either getting on the train or you're getting run over by it. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah, is he the most eloquent all the time? No, he's not, but I don't need that in a head football coach. This isn't Shakespeare. 
I don't need him to be Shakespeare. I don't need him to be DiCaprio. I need him to be Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. I need him to be the biting kneecaps, tread water till we bury you, Dan Campbell. Because underneath that facade is also the genius that goes, oh, you want to jump off sides? I'll decline that penalty and make you call a timeout. So <laughs> that to me is... There's no better leader for this team than Dan Campbell. And I, I'm I'm here for it. We're gonna talk a lot more about Dan Campbell at the end of the show. Yes. But but as far as hype men go, you would run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Kirby Joseph was on Jim Rome and he asked him, he's like, What is it that makes Dan Campbell so vicious? And he couldn't even he couldn't come up with an answer, but he said everything that we've been saying. He said, I'll run through a brick wall for him. So I don't know exactly what it is, but anything that he says. I'm ready to do and fight for him, no matter anything that comes out of his mouth. So, yeah, again, from where it started, because I ain't gonna lie, I was very, very, very weird about Dan we Campbell were. and his quotes. We before, were. I'm sure. all in now. I'm all but, in because the players. Here's are the thing, right? It, it's um, the thing about that we talk about him being a players' coach, and he is. He's a great players' coach. Sometimes I think NFL head coaches have the curse of needing to be the smartest man in the room. Yeah. And you don't get that with Dan Campbell. Now, could he potentially be the smartest man in the room? Yes, I'm not attacking his intelligence, but he's saying he's got these guys playing because he's like, "Hey, I've been in the league. I know what it takes. Let's go, yep. right?" And so I, there's no better man for the hype man than Dan Campbell. I'm with that. This is for Ricky. You can explain this one. The Ricky Sanders Class Clown Award. Yeah, there were, uh, first of all, because we love our audience. You guys are we amazing. Do. You know, everybody for tuning in as often as you do. And for those who helped put their imprint on the season, you're just a special to the season. And Ricky was one of those guys. Came out here and jumped in the lake no, after yes, the Patriots game. No, nope, Seahawks game. Because he Seahawks said if game, they yeah. lose to the Seahawks, I would jump in the river. Yes, and he held was, true. It was a depressing moment, but it was also one of the funniest of the season. So for that one. Ricky, with all his commentary and his, com his comedy as well, we had to name the Class Clown Award after Ricky said And his hatred of me. So that's it, yes, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so we gave the Class Clown Awards to you said Jamal Williams, and I said mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson. And there's a reason why I said TJ Hawkinson. So I'm going to let you explain, and then I'm going to bury TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I'm going to so go quick. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go quick. Jamal Williams, again, one of the most spirited people on the team. Um his story how much charisma he's able to have even when he was going to like the uh the, was it? i think it was the pack no it was the bears game where he's you know talking trash he's pushing one of the players back and forth and then they end up turning it into a comedic moment because of his personality and his voice yeah. even his voice is funny you see him coming down the uh the tunnel and he's like ah! he's like laughing like a goblin coming out you know, Jamal Williams is awesome, man. Love all he his is. energy, love his personality. Gotta give him class clout for sure. He is. And listen, I get it. I, I took, you know, I, I understand what a class clown is for sure. Um, I don't think TJ Hawkinson is necessarily the purest definition of a class clown, but he is the purest definition of the final word on that award, which is a clown. Yes. This man left Detroit, gave the, you know, political social media post thanks for everything blah 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 blah, blah and then turns around and goes it's going to be nice to go to a place where i can actually feel like i'm winning hmm. right hmm. i know that's not a direct hmm. quote but it's a paraphrase well let me give you some news tj hawkinson you went seven and three over the last 10 guess who won more games than you did over the last 10 the detroit lions that's and right. guess who also beat you when you were on that team that's right the detroit lions Oh, and by the way, you also hosted a po a postseason game and then got beat by Danny Dimes and the New York Giants. Your mm -hmm. team was a fraud. You are a fraud. You are a clown. And I'm glad that we traded you for the picks that we traded you for because we sure as heck were not paying you to be on this team anymore. So, see ya. Class clown. AJ coming hot. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It is time. The Lewis Delmas Award. Now, this one needs a little bit of explanation. If you remember Lewis Delmas from years gone by, a lot of talent, huge underachiever. Yes. So, who is your biggest underachiever this year, Eric? <sighs> Talk to us in the comment section. I'd love to see who you guys under. I would love to know, too. For sure. Uh, mine has to go to DeAndre Swift. 
It has to go to Swift. You can't start off looking like what really looking like the best running back in week one, and then you fizzle out to become a rotational number two, you know, by, by mid season. Like are you being very fair to him though? How's that not fair to him? I mean the injuries. I mean, yeah, but I mean we knew that was a problem. It wasn't just injuries for him. Like he was dropping passes, like he was Right. Running laterally when he should have been yeah. hitting holes, which is something that right. we saw Staley coaching him during hard knocks. Yeah, uh, yeah, he it, it's got to be him for sure. Again, I'm, okay. I'm happy the success that he created for Jamal Williams, but we definitely expected a lot more from DeAndre in this season. But but when we needed him against Green Bay, huge yep. towards the end of the season, he was huge. But yeah, yep. when you come out at the beginning of the season, you go, I want to go for a thousand yards receiving and rushing, and then you don't. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bit of a uh you know a bit of a problem. Mine is I think the most obvious underachiever on this team. You go from being the top corner on a team in 2021 yeah to being benched and should most likely be cut in this next offseason. Yep. Uh but Amani Awarie, right? Just brutal. Six penalties against uh the Minnesota Vikings the first time around. Oh, and then, by the way, against Green Bay, when Okuda goes down and you get put in the game, what do the Packers do? Throw a bomb to Christian Watson on your first play? Yep. That you also interfered with him, if I'm not mistaken. Like, the dude just like, – I get it. He had one good year. Okay, great. I don't think that bought him enough of leeway. Mm-mm. For him to be back in 2023. So my my Lewis Delmas award is going to Amani Awarie. And I don't really know who else I could have given it to. No, those are those I think those are good picks. I think there's I think they are too. Levi's a good idea. But Levi was also an injury issue too. Yeah. So like what but Awarie was not. His just he couldn't cover anybody if he couldn't keep his hands off of them. He had like five picks last year, one of the coolest plays of the year against the Cardinals last season. Now just completely Not exactly great. what Kevin said. The Lewis Delmas Award goes to DeAndre Swift and Amani Owarie. Indeed. Let's go to the People's Champ. I'm going to give you this explanation. Good. Yeah, so this isn't uh this is really like the fan favorite and they may not have started out as that, but by the end of the season, this is who the fans really seems like they took it in their soul and took their heart as fans <laughs> are supporting and giving them their stamp of approval. And I think this is a this is gonna go on a lot of different ways, but I'm pretty confident in my pick in this one. Ain't it just like the class clown to show? Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> Where you been? We already we done past you your award. We, we name an award after you, Ricky, and you miss it. But unbelievable! It is what it is. So Kevin actually agrees with you. Okay. And my people's champ is Jamal Williams. Why did you say Jared Goff is the people's champ this year? Because I didn't know how much love Jared Goff really had from Lions fans. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, listen, we put out a lot of conversation about who they could replace yeah. him with, other people they could trade for him. I put out the piece about getting Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I ain't seen this much support for Jared Goff until I put that article out and see the kind of love that this man was getting. Does he deserve it? Yes. He had a very good season to play like a top 10 quarterback. I have no hate on Jared Goff, and I'm proud, and I'm expecting him to come back next season as a starter. Oh, he's back next season. If but, he's not yeah, back I, next I season, that, there's something. I didn't know how that, the love extended out this season, so it has to be Goff for what we saw this season. Okay, and that's fair, and, you know, whatever. I will not say that. <laughs> yeah, you almost picked him, did you? Not for this one. Okay, okay, okay. I almost picked him for the next one by okay. default. Gotcha. Um, which we'll get to the next one, but... My people's champ is, I, I think this is the easiest. Jamal Williams. Yeah. Like, you cannot watch an interview with Jamal Williams. You cannot watch him playing catch with people before a game or doing his little dance after a touchdown. The thrust. Listening to his intro on Sunday Night Fo- Football, being the, the village den leaser, leader of the something-something, I don't know anime, but... Ricky Jamal's got to be the people's champ. Okay. Because, like, listen, I loved him last year. He's, like, my favorite lion, and he may not even be coming back next year. Right. 
but I love this dude. Like to go from I lost my grandfather. This win was for him. I dedicated to him. But don't oh. let the fool, the tears fool you. We got there's dog in this place, right? Like I, I love that guy. He's the people's champ. He he has won me over. I think Ricky's right that J Mo is going to be the people's champ next year, and and rightfully so is probably the people's champ this year with how much people love him as well. You know, we talked about him last week a little bit and I, I think that you know he definitely has a chance to make a huge impact it, i just want to see the personality a little bit mm, yeah did you have something or are we going no no no, no 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 i was all gonna right. you know, i was gonna bring up the j thing but it's okay we'll, yeah we'll let's not bring it up this is all positivity man this is <laughs> yeah, all positive yeah, yeah. like i i appreciate like your pick of jared goff is spot on right like he is the people's champ around here that like People legitimately love him more than Matthew Stafford, <laughs> which, like, you could really make that argument. I'm mad they at that do. thing. Like, you cannot read anything negative about Jared Goff, and no. everybody was ready to push Matthew Stafford out of the the, the town. Which, yes. okay, whatever. On a talent basis, I don't think they're even in the same tier. Mm-hmm. But, but like, this is uncharted territory, I think, for Lions fans actually appreciating the quarterback that is the quarterback of their team. So, okay, like, he's the people's champ. Let's move. Yeah. I feel like I need, like, the Lion King theme song playing right now, but wow. I can't. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, copyright purposes. Simba, right? <laughs> Lion King, this is the MVP of the yep. Detroit Lions, our last award for 2022. Who is the Lions MVP this season? I want to see some of the comments. I want to see some comments yeah. too. I'm, I'm very interested to see. A lot of these could have gone a whole lot of different ways. This a one's not easy gone, either. And, and I, I have a little caveat that I will throw out there as well. Okay. Um, I would have put Jared Goff here. Okay. And I almost did. Mm-hmm. Me because, too. Like, legitimately, he could be seen as the Lions MVP this season. But my guy, I think, was a little bit more integral. Okay. Mm-hmm. The O line, great choice for the MVP. Like 100%. That, Fred says golf, which I also think, like I just said, for sure. Yes, I've I've hated on the guy. I've been very critical of the guy. I will probably continue to be critical of the guy because I don't think that they get to that next level with him. Mm-hmm. However, I have somebody else for MVP, and I know you do too. You ready? Yeah, Brad had a or Matt had a really good one too. Brad Holmes. That's a good. Oh choice. yeah, that's like a that great choice. Yeah, mine is uh. Yeah, let's go to it. Mine is uh. It's got to be Ben Johnson, man. It's got to be. I. I tried to pick. I tried to pick golf, but his road games made me mad. I almost picked Jamal Williams, but then the Dallas game came up to mind, and there was some other, you know, moments where he was kind of quiet. It's got to be Ben Johnson the way he was able to keep the glue of this offense together. Um, I feel like they, the offense, had to be the piece that carried, not carried, but they had to be the leaning point for the Lions in order to get to the nine and eight record that they got to. And he was a big point of a lot of that. Like, it was a lot sure. of questions of who was the mastermind behind it. Clearly, it was Ben Johnson on the clipboard and a lot of the play calling. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a little bit in our next segment as well. Um, but, yeah, it's it, for me, the MVP got to go to Ben Johnson. I feel like you have an ulterior motive. Maybe maybe some agenda behind it. Maybe. You're like, I'm giving you this award. Please don't leave us after one year. Yeah, please. <laughs> please, please, man. Let this sweeten the deal. Up. I don't have any money to give you, and I can't guarantee a contract. <laughs> but I can give you a superlative. Dang it. Please don't That's leave all we us. all got, bro. For the love of God, please do not leave us. I, I, know, I, I know the angle you're working, and it's cool. I'm here oh, for it. Does. But I had to double up on Jamal. I gave okay. him, you know, the People's Choice Award or the, the you know, the – Whatever the last one was, I forget it off the top of my head. But when you talk about a thousand yard rusher that the Lions have not had since 2013, and you talk about a guy that broke the single season touchdown record of the great one, the greatest running back who has ever lived, Barry Sanders. Facts. Facts. I don't think you can MVP anybody else. Now, I will again caveat and say, Jared Goff for sure has an argument. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. I'm not I I would not be mad. He was my second choice. 
But when I weighed the two out, I go, I got to give it to Jamal. Jamal has got to be the MVP of this team because, number one, he was the number two running back going into camp. Mm -hmm. And then DeAndre Swift, your dynamic running back, goes down. And who carried the load? Jamal Williams. Yep. Did he have a few bad games? Yeah, but the entire team had a few bad games. True. Golf wasn't great against New England. Golf wasn't great against the Jets, right? Mm -hmm. The offensive line struggled against Carolina for the most part. But Jamal Williams was pretty consistent. And for him to be able to get into the end zone 17 times and rack up 1,000 yards rushing, that's significant. And I don't think that should be overlooked. So Jamal Williams, you are a free agent, but I hope that you are back at least for another year or two possibly because you are this team's MVP. You are their leader emotionally. You are their leader statistically running the ball. I don't think there's anybody else that you can give it to. I really don't. But yours is a good call too. Like Ben Johnson is phenomenal. And that's going to do it. Those are the superlatives for 2022, the Detroit Lions. If you think that we got any wrong, go ahead and throw those in the comments. But we do appreciate those that have participated with us today. And I do want to remind you that wherever you are at on social media, make sure that you are liking and following us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. We're all over the shorts. We're all over the reels. Make sure you're subscribing to get our content. Pound that bell for notifications so that you can get notified when the latest content does drop. Beyond the Box is live on all of those platforms every Monday night at 7 o'clock, and we would love to see you there. Now, there were a few teams, Eric, that played this weekend, and I know you got some questions about this weekend that we want to answer. We want to get the answers from the people as well, but let's talk about playoff football. Let's do that. We... It's a lot to dive into. Yes, we're going to get into into. some quick segments here. Uh, We're going to start off with the playoffs. Uh, A lot of good football play, a lot of good games, uh, and a lot of surprises as well that went into this NFL playoff weekend. What was the biggest one to you? Biggest surprise? Yeah, I think it's obvious, but I got got a different answer for it, so I'll let you. uh... Uh, The biggest surprise to me was not that the Vikings lost, but that they got beat by Daniel Jones. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, Daniel Jones throwing for over 300 yards, rushing for over 70, had a number of touchdowns, was able to just sling the ball at will wherever he wanted to. That was a huge, huge takeaway. And now obviously, we still have a game tonight, right? So there could be a huge takeaway that comes from tonight. But Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones was a huge surprise this weekend. What about you? (sighs) Something about the Bills does not seem right with me. Okay. Something doesn't seem right with this team. I know they put Thompson through, you know, a tough throwing out of 18 to 45, but something still does not seem right with this team. You know, allowing them to score 31. Josh Allen still seems really turnover prone for some reason. Yeah. And I don't understand where that's coming from because I thought he figured it out like early in the season, but he has not been the same quarterback. Um, and I'm I'm having a really hard time trusting them right now moving yeah. forward. Um Sure. I didn't pick them to get past this next round. So I uh yeah, I, I they're they look really shaky from what we expected to start off this season, though. I would have 31 points to the Dolphins. So yeah, I'm gonna go to with Skyler that. Skyler Thompson and the Dolphins. Come on, bro. Like <laughs> how are we doing that? 31 <sighs> points to them. The obvious was the, the Jags game, yeah. but I mean I but is I, it really that surprising when you have Staley as your head coach? Right. And Joe Lombardi as your offensive coordinator. You now, we point. have yeah, seen we <laughs> Joe Lombardi coaching offense with Matthew Stafford, Reggie Bush, Golden Tate, and Calvin Johnson to be the 19th best offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This guy's not a good coordinator. No. He should not have a job anymore. No. And Staley really should be crazy. out, too. You should not give up a 27-point lead. You cannot in any circumstances. Just like, this is terrible. Like, that's to, if I'm a Chargers fan, like, listen, we're Detroit Lions fans. We understand misery, but we yeah. don't understand that type of misery. Yeah, this is a different kind of misery. Completely different. 
you know, you're supposed to have a, a top tier quarterback. You invested all these resources yeah. in him. You cannot blow a game like that. No, you absolutely you cannot, cannot blow a game like that. <sighs> next topic, next NFL quick hit. Been a lot of speculation on social media. We watched the Rams Seahawks game and we saw a I don't want to say a dominant performance, but a, a pretty standout performance by one of the Rams in uh the game. And he may be seeing his last bit of action with the Rams moving forward. Would you welcome Jalen Ramsey as a Detroit Lion next season? I would welcome it for the right price. Okay. Like I, I, I would welcome it for the right price, but I, you know, we need help for sure. I mean, we need help in the secondary, like nobody's business, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't know. I think the price is going to be way too high. I, if, if the, if the price is right and it doesn't cost too much draft capital that we've taken from the Rams, by the way, Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, would I welcome them? A thousand percent. But the price has to be right. And I think that, you know, Brad Holmes is cost conscious enough to know, like, yeah, I could go out and get Lamar. I could go out and get Jalen Ramsey. But is that going to set the team up? Does one corner put this team over the top next year? Maybe not. Um, and it, it would have to multiple work under that window too, because he's draft he's picks. Out and- right. Do multiple and like defensive draft picks help put you over the top next year? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to be too expensive, but yeah, I would I would welcome it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I hate do it. question this though: Would he provide veteran leadership to the team? I don't think he would. Yes, he's a veteran presence. But being a veteran presence and being a veteran leader are two different things. Would you agree? Yeah, but I think where he is right now could provide that. He's 28 years old. If he were to be a Detroit Lion, he'd easily become the you know most seasoned player on that defense. For sure. Um, most accomplished without question. And to me, I'm willing to overspend that, especially that position, because We've seen like guys like Sauce Gardner who just dominate from the rookie year. That don't happen very often. For me, I want to see like a young D line complemented with a, a a young secondary with some veterans sprinkled in. If Jalen Ramsey would be one of those guys, I wouldn't be mad at it if it comes at the right price. I am with you on that, but um, I think he could give that uh, present that they need. I think he would be that veteran leader. I think he'd be able to settle in as that guy. Kevin thinks he could mess up the vibe in the locker room. I. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. That that's an assumption, yeah. right? I and I, I think that there's it all depends. I mean, can can he gel with Dan Campbell and, and the guys in there? Because they have something. They have something for sure, right? They and do. you don't want to bring somebody in that's gonna mess that up. Dr. Detroit, welcome back from last week. He says get Deron Payne and draft two cornerbacks, which I'm also okay with. I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. And the and the Lions should, depending on how many people they cut, they should have hopefully twenty-five to thirty million dollars in cap space to spend. Mm-hmm. They'd have more if they cut golf, but I'm not even suggesting that at this point. No, um, no. Because that's I mean, he's the quarterback next year. Um so I don't know. I yeah, Jalen Ramsey sounds nice, but so does Lamar Jackson. If the price isn't right, they don't sound right at all. Just in theory, you, you know, maybe maybe with his age, it'll sweeten the deal a little bit more. Maybe. Uh, next topic is, uh, oh man, this is a crushing one. The Carolina Panthers, who I don't even think have had their interview yet with Ben Johnson, are apparently saying that he is leading the candidacy to fill their head coaching vacancy. What was your reaction to that? And what do you think that means? That's a weird situation for Carolina, right? Because you have an interim coach. Steve Wilkes, I think it was, that got your guys to play well at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And you're not even giving him a look? That doesn't weird, make any right? sense to me. That is yeah. weird. Very. He knows the guys. The guys know him. They seem to like him. I don't know. I I don't want to lose Ben to Carolina. No. I don't want – listen, Ben deserves to be a head coach. I have no problem – Losing Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. 
after 2023. <laughs> go coach wherever you want to coach. After give us one more year. Yeah. I don't even know how to react to that. Yeah, he should be the front runner. I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't be the front runner at any of the interviews that he goes to. Yeah. The question is, are they going to take a chance on a young first year at coach? They did it in Minnesota. You know, they've done it in different places as well. I don't know, man. It, it is not. It, I don't think it's a guarantee. While they, they favor him, I don't. He has to accept the terms. And if you're looking at the teams that need a quarterback, the Texans, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers, Jets at 13, like, yes, you want your own head coaching gig, but the Lions have a lot of promise too, and you have a lot of control in that. I don't think it's so easy of a pick for him to just leave. Now, I listen, I granted the Panthers are going to, uh, they're going to, I think that that's wishful thinking, Eric. You're talking about a job that there's 32 of in the entire world. Okay. It does not get more elite than that. Okay. And but you, you are a prime candidate it. to take it. But you have to be elite at it. You can't just take it and like be whatever. Sure. But how's he going to know unless he does it? I mean, look, again, I'm not mad. Like, Take the interviews, get the experience. But it's, is it a, a surefire thing that he would take it? Like if you were like, think about it. Like, obviously, we're not coaches but sure we're looking at the lions we're looking at the upswing of these teams carolina don't have a quarterback yet they don't have same really darnell, any man. offensive structure like they, they got same darnell oh okay cool <laughs> they have cousins baker mayfield gotcha he <laughs> they got nothing at quarterback so like considering that it's not set up for him to be like a like an easy way moving to the future so i don't think it's a promise or a guarantee that he leaves right away for any of these teams yet i don't think but they're also picking what ninth, ninth, yeah. Which is I mean they're gonna have to trade up to get one of those three guys if they do, which they could do, yeah, very easily. I mean, the 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 rumor is the Bears are already shopping, which they should be. And you got Brian Burns that you could add as a trade chip to help okay. secure one of those top spots. Good edge rusher, yep. Right, so. And you're also talking about going to a division that is the worst division in football. It's terrible. Like, if you're if you're Ben Johnson and we've seen what he can do, why would you not do it? Because the Lions is that much better. I, but are they? Because Carolina really yes. buried them. <laughs> yes, it's a better opportunity. Yes, give them a raise. Put whatever stack you need to. Yes, it's a better deal staying here in Detroit than it is going to these teams. I don't care. Yes. Yes. So I agree with I agree with Calvin here that Ben getting a Super Bowl with the Lions would increase his value a hundredfold. But boom, I I actually don't know how much I agree with that because how much can he improve his draft stock next year? You know what I'm saying? Like he's on the map. Can you get more on the map than Ben Johnson right now? Maybe I don't know. Yes, you said it before. Like seasons don't translate momentum right away. It doesn't. No. So his stock is probably going to be as high as it is. But looking at the teams, to me, that's what I'm looking at. His value, yes, it's not going to be as high as it is right now. But these teams are not set up for glory. And if I'm him, if I want to have a long, sustainable coaching career, I'm not jumping out the window for y'all to, to save you. I'm in a good cushy position right here. I think that my answer to this is no, it, nah. I would not. I would not because who hired <sighs> Ben Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I would either. It's a seasonal question. I get it, but yeah, I don't think I would either. I, Final question of the quick hits. Yeah, let's uh, go. <laughs> I talked about this on the news desk. This is a, a very pressing quote that just made me very mad. Hold on. I got an, address calvin there are 32 nfl head coaches how many people in nfl history could say took the lines to the promised land? fewer and farther between i agree He's got with a that, point on there too. but you're also but you're making a huge assumption for 2023 for the detroit lions we have gone from missing the playoffs due to a tiebreaker in 2022 to us believing that we're a super bowl team in 2023 can we like just like take the kool-aid softly and gently set it down 
and back away for a second. Calvin, I love this team. Like this. this team is headed in the right direction. Be but high, to Calvin. talk about taking them to a Super Bowl in 2023. Be hyped. Like, NFC is garbage. We got the most promise of anybody in the conference. We can talk all unlimited trash in the offseason. Go sure, ahead, Sure, we can. And Calvin says 2024, I say Super Bowl can happen. I agree with that. Yeah, that's Ben Johnson's not around that long. No, not at all. He'll be gone in two years by that. He's gone after next year if he stays this year. Yep. So, I like, if he's got an opportunity, he's going to take it. There's, you're going to take it. I don't blame him, but I don't blame him either. It's not, it's not more promising than what's over Detroit. It's not, it's just not. Go to the Jets if you want to, go to the Falcons if you want to. But Cordero Patterson, okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Cordero Patterson topic. beat you a couple of times at fantasy football this year. So, oh, see, you know, now I'm definitely <laughs> moving on. All right, the NFL competition committee, according to what Adam Schefter report, called the Rams Seahawks game the worst officiated game of the season. We talked yeah. about it. We talked so about did the every plays, fan that the watched the game. It was clearly a very poorly officiated game okay like i get it i get it that like you're up we're upset and we should we have the right to be upset every right to be upset but there's also no guarantee that the seahawks still lose that game if they don't call that running into the kicker there's a better chance that they lose that game Mm -mm. i'm with you sure but also that's not the reason the Lions weren't in the playoffs. Of course not. And that and see, hold on, hold on. Now, now I gotta step in. Hold on. See, this is what I want to do. We need to stop equating this discussion to where the Lions should be. Where I'm not doing that okay. with this discussion. I'm good with that. I'm I'm, I'm fine with at it. it. To me, I have one objective in this at all. Okay. Hold refs accountable. Not all oh, the Lions should be. I told yes. you, they don't need to be in the playoffs for me. No. This needs to be the stamping point to hold refs more accountable yes. than we do. That's what this conversation has to be about for I, me. I'm with you 100% okay. because it's terrible. Like, yes. the roughing the passer call in the Minnesota game yesterday. Horrible. When nobody knows what a roughing the passer call is, nobody knows what a catch is. Like, Amon Ra has a catch against Green Bay that's not called a catch, and then he catches one in between his legs that is called. Like, nobody knows what a catch is. Nobody knows what roughing the passer is. I'm with you. What, and we've seen in these playoff games these, like, what are they calling them, the accelerated re- reviews or something like that? Yeah. They're, like, actually getting calls right. Like, why has this not been a thing, and why are we just not finding out about it? What? Come on, man. <laughs> That it's it's brutal, and yes. I I I believe I think part of that accountability should be to making just about every penalty reviewable. Mm-hmm. The catch twenty two with that is is you have officials reviewing the officials call. So right. you almost need like an independent party that you you know what I'm saying or like. Right the retired referees that are in the booths now that are now like the uh, rules official in the booth. Like Mm -hmm. you need a guy like him. That's not affiliated with the refs union to say, no, you got that one wrong. Like plain and simple. You got that one wrong. That's fair. But I'm, I'm with you. Like that there needs to be accountability. People are saying like, Hey, talk to him about, have them talk to the media after the game and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Fine them. That too. Both like of them. Something. Yes. Like, yeah. It, like you can't have, especially in a game that means something, you can't have calls. Oh, that determine. I mean, and I missed it Saturday night because I was like not interested in Chargers Jags game. But like, did you see the white hat run after Joey Bosa? And I did throw yeah. a flag on him. Yeah, I have I no idea what that was for, but that Me was either. egregious. Yeah, that was crazy. Bosa didn't show him up. He yeah. may have said something the ref didn't like, but yeah. that doesn't give him the right to chase Bosa down and then throw a penalty flag. And Bosa talked about it in the play in the locker room too. There should be repercussions for that. Totally agree. Yep. So and I mean, and it seems like those happen at the most pivotal times. Yes. It just has to stop. 
and it has to stop. Listen, I get it. Officiating is one of the most thankless jobs because nobody really knows when you do your job right, but everybody knows when you do your job wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that. But one of the number one rules of officiating is don't make it about you. Exactly. In baseball, we call it the ump show, right? It's the ump show. Mm-hmm. In football, it can be the same thing. Oh, I don't like the way you looked at me. Right? Right. That can't happen. No. Cannot happen at all. So I'm with you. Thank you. Accountability. I'm all for accountability. That's it. That's it. That's what it is. That quick hits? That's it. That's the quick hits, man. That's it. All right. <laughs> Talk to the people about GearUpDetroit.shop. Indeed. Uh, it's been a fun year as a Detroit Lions supporter. Uh, I hope you got all the swag that you needed. If you need to stock up for next season, no better place to do it than GearUpDetroit.shop. If you go on the website right now and get your shop on, you can get 25% off your purchase by using the coupon code BTB25OFF. A lot of great new brand new Lions t-shirts, a lot of cool swag in all different colors and swag and designs and details that would love to see on you, Lions fans, the Lions faithful. You can get it here under your Detroit Josh shop. Yeah, make sure you head over there. We've got one more thing before we get to who raw and who cares. Oh, man. And it's something that's popped up on social media, and we feel like we have to weigh in. Yes. But a few years ago, there was a head coach in Detroit who was fired after a 9-7 and seven season. Mm-hmm. And now we have a head coach who's being celebrated for a 9-8 and eight season. Mm-hmm. We want to give this credit to, it looks like, Alame uh, is who this photo was created by. But the question is, is this fair? Like, what's in a regime? Is Dan Campbell's nine and eight really better than Jim Caldwell's nine and seven? And is the narrative accurate? I, I don't really know how to frame this question other than what's the difference? It's a lot of difference. Okay. It's a lot. Now, it's I a have lot a personal stake when it comes to Jim Caldwell, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But, like, what okay. are your thoughts on this? This needs to stop. Lions fans need to stop. Like this was, this was going on early in the season. Um, there's a lot of misplaced anger in this. I understand those who are supportive of Jim Caldwell. Me and Ricky have talked about this a lot. I believe, while I wanted him gone, if he would have got like another year, like a short term extension after what he did with his records, I'd have been fine with that. I mean, he did pretty well. 11 and 5 first year, 7 and 9 second year, 9 and 7 in, you know, back to back in your final two seasons. You know, and then the Quintricia era comes in and they yeah. say 9 and 7 is not enough. That is where the anger rises. It is. 100%. It's not with Dan Campbell. No. It's not with this regime. It's with what Quintricia left this team to be. It's not with what we're seeing with these coaches, man. So, again, if you maybe could have made this comparison earlier in the season, because what do we see from Dan Campbell? The inability to make halftime adjustments, the inability mm-hmm. to be a good with clock management, the ability to uh, to be a methodical coach. We weren't seeing mm-hmm. that to start off. Second half of the season, that wasn't even a discussion. Dan Campbell mm-hmm. cleaned up all his mistakes, and yep. that was a problem with Jim Caldwell. He was bad with time management. He was really bad with his timeout usage, didn't make any kind of adjustments on either side of the ball. And one of my biggest problems that I always talk about, we, we see their personalities. Caldwell's a very reserved guy. Campbell's that rah-rah leader. And to me, I feel like that resonates more with the fan base, especially with what they've been through. When you go through things like the Seattle screw job on that Monday night game, the mm-hmm. playoff game against the Cowboys, what did uh, Jim Caldwell do? Oh, hey, well, I mean, we just we just got to play better. We can't put yeah. ourselves in. No, you got jobbed. We just yeah. talked about holding the league accountable. That yeah. could have been a, a ability for him to do that and to stamp himself with the fan base. He never did that. His players liked him, but I feel like it's a different level of connection now what we're seeing from Dan Campbell in this uh, regime, especially considering the leadership as well. Brad Holmes, I think, is more um, – he's more sought out for this and more built for it than a Martin Mayhew was. Mm-hmm. I just think it's totally different. I think it's completely different. And these comparisons need to stop. I agree a hundred percent. Now I was a Jim Caldwell fan, but that stems from 
a personal encounter. When I my first year, first year of college football, I was playing football in a small school in Indiana, and Caldwell was the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for the Colts. And mm-hmm. we weren't that far from Indianapolis, and he came up and he did one of our team chapels. And so we got to he talked to us, and you know we got to ask some questions, and I got to talk to him about Peyton, who was my favorite player at the time, and he's just a super nice guy, great guy, right? And then he became the head coach of my team. I was like, oh, that, you know, awesome. I remembered, you know, talking to him and it was great and fantastic and wonderful. And like, I think that he'll do a good job. And and don't forget that he also was the head coach after Tony Dungy in Indianapolis and yep. it, it went okay, but then ended poorly. And so he comes to Detroit, right? And goes 11 and five. Great. Seven and nine is next year. And then back to back nine and seven teams. Yep. The criticism of Jim Caldwell is correct. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Now, did some of that have to do with the people who he hired as his coordinators? Yes. Joe Lombardi being one of them. Okay. Turning Matt. I mean, Matthew Stafford talked about how great Caldwell was as a head coach and as a player's coach, which I have no doubt about that. But you also had to be able to manage a game, which he did not do very well. So nine and seven, four years into a, uh, a stint, yeah, probably isn't good enough. Should it have been good enough for the Detroit Lions at that point in time? Yeah, it probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you hit the nail on the head when your GM comes in and goes nine and seven is just not going to do it anymore, and then you hire somebody who doesn't even sniff nine wins in his entire tenure here, right? right? Like that's not great, man. Mm-mm. But Dan Campbell's is a completely different situation. Yes, this is this. These are not equal at all. Mm-mm. Nine and seven, four years in. Yeah, you probably should be a little bit better than that. Your GM wasn't great. Okay, I get all that. You had a plenty of turnover with coordinators and all that. But at the same time, this is year two of a very serious rebuild. Yes, a very serious rebuild. Yes. And you went nine and eight with a roster that really should have only been good enough for six wins. The offense, yes, helped immensely because they were a top five offense in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. Sometimes you can just outscore people. Mm -hmm. But that defense that they had, worse than the league through the first seven weeks. Yep. Improved to 17th in the league over the last 10. Great. We'd love to see improvement, especially from the coaching staff. But these two situations are not similar. At all. At all. Not even close. You know why? Because what? nine and eight now is kind of the floor. Yeah, exactly. Now, if Dan Campbell goes six and eleven next year and then follows that up with a nine and eight season, guess what? Nine and eight ain't good enough. Mm-mm. I don't think that's going to happen. But these two situations are not even close. And they shouldn't be even considered close. I think another big part of that difference is, again, you you just spoke about what point they're in. When they were with Caldwell, they weren't a young team trying to find their way. You had a Matthew Stafford-led team that said, okay, how can we get this guy in the postseason? How can we get Megatron in the postseason? How can we get this young veteran talent in the postseason? This is a young team, like you said, it's super, super early. That's exceeding beyond expectation right now. One of the youngest in the NFL. Yes, and that's that says a lot. You're not. He's given a little more leeway because of that, and because they're playing so well, it makes them that much more beloved. You weren't really. You didn't have that. You had a lot of pieces during the Caldwell era that people were iffy on. Like everyone, like you said, people didn't love Stafford through and through. That was not a thing with Lions fans. There was a lot of people who hated him, a lot of people who liked him. So it was it was not that much love consistently throughout. So they didn't have that with that roster, and it's a lot different from what you see right now with Col- uh, with Campbell and the Brad Holmes era. I, I think that Lions fans, and listen, I love you guys. I'm one of you. I feel like since they can't be mad at the team anymore, <laughs> they got to find something to be angry about. Yes. <laughs> and it's just not, come on, let's move past that. As a collective Please. group, we have Please. a second year of a rebuild that went nine and eight with the, the 
I think, second youngest or youngest team in the NFL. Yes. That's now the floor. Yes. If you come into 2023 expecting less than nine wins, it's a problem. Yes. Nine wins is the floor next year. Yep. Fred with an awesome point, too. Yeah, Caldwell had a problem beating teams above 500. Campbell's done that. Beat the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You beat the Giants. Uh, I think, I don't know if the Packers were at one point above 500, but um, yeah, you beat good teams within the division. You you got the wins that they weren't getting in that era. Like, that means something. Now, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with Ricky here. I think Patricia, or he's right, Quintricia did Caldwell dirty for sure. Yeah. And the for fan sure. base. Yeah. And the fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But the problem that everybody's getting hung up on is when you go out and you say nine and eight's not good enough. And then you don't get to nine wins over the next three years. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. But we need to move on to who Ron, who cares? Because we've skipped it a couple of times over the last few weeks. Let's do that. Give me your who Ron, who cares? These are topics around the sports universe that we want to pump up for who Ross and ones that we're like, can we stop with the who cares? Yes. What you got? Give me your My hoorah. My hoorah is a guy that got a lot of slander there this playoff weekend. Somebody that I never thought he would have got it from was really disappointing for me. But my hoorah goes to Lamar Jackson for making the right call. A lot of for people sure. were questioning if he was healthy enough to play. Michael Vick with the all-time dumb quote, just throw a brace on it and get out there. Yeah, did you Mike, see RG3's quote back to that? Mike, like how dumb can you be, bro? Like yeah. that was all-time stupid on his part. Lamar made the right call. Uh, even though Baltimore played a pretty good game and stayed within uh, with Huntley under center. Huntley is a gamer. He's a gamer. He's a good player, but he ain't Lamar Jackson. No. Um, if Huntley gets an opportunity, I would like to see that, but it's clearly levels to it. And why Lamar hasn't got paid yet, you pay Roquan Smith. Baltimore's moving backwards right now. So, yeah, it Baltimore, has to be with yeah. Lamar making the right choice. Baltimore, Lamar's not in a Ravens jersey next year. I don't think so either. He's not showing up on that tag, I don't think. Hmm. No, he's not. I mean, I think they sent a pretty clear message when they signed Roquan. Yeah. So, hey, bring him to Detroit. We'll let him and Golf battle it out. <laughs> <laughs> Agenda's back. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, my hoorah is going to go to the team that uh, I'm wearing on my hat, the Detroit Tigers, okay. who are only about uh, 40-something days away from spring training, which I am 39 days away from spring training, which is incredible. But my hoorah is this. They announced today, the team did, that Jack Morris will not be on the broadcast for 2023, Ooh. which is incredible. Ooh. He's so awful as a Jack color Morris analyst terrible. He's awful. because of how just downright terrible he is. He is. He's not good. He's not fun to listen to because he's all about, oh, I used to pitch, I used to pitch with a sore arm all the time. Well, yeah, but that doesn't make you a gamer. It makes you an idiot. Exactly. Right? Uh, so... My hoorah is going to go to the Tigers broadcast not featuring Jack Morris. And I know that's kind of backwards, but I'm really pumped about that. And my man, Simo, Curtis, uh, Curtis, Craig Monroe, uh, Craig yeah. Monroe is going to take on a heavier workload as the analyst on TV. I love Simo when he's in the booth. Yes. I'm excited that he's going to be there. I'm excited. He's I, excited. He's getting that opportunity. So hoorah. The collections are immaculate. Oh yeah, they're phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's uh, go there. All right, man. What do you got for who cares? So we can round out this show. My who cares is the burial of, of another fraudulent team that is finally done. And we ain't got to talk about it no more. Minnesota Vikings. Woo! Get out of here. Sit down. I, watching them lose in that fashion, and again to a team that the Lions also beat down to the Giants. And to see them end the season, end the game with a fourth and eight, it's like, hey, Kirk, we got to get to the first. The season's on the line. Okay, cool. Let me check it down to TJ Hawkinson for three yards. Amazing. Nowhere. That Nothing better ended, than that. It could have ended in a better fashion. I'm so oh, happy to see Get the yeah. Vikings out of here. Yeah, they can come. They can be runner up in the NFC North for the next like five years. And I'm okay with that because the Lions are going to own the division starting in 2023. Straight up. I said it last week. I will double down on it. 
They are your NFC North favorites, and they will be division champs next year. They will yes, host sir. a playoff game. I'm calling it now. Yes, sir. My who cares? Uh, I saw a TikTok today about NFL Europe and Goodell talking about potentially expanding a division into Europe. Four teams. Adding four teams, which would like balance things out to like the I don't know, there would be six teams in each division or something crazy like that. Can we stop with this? I'm so done with this NFL Europe and the traveling over to Europe to like make the game global. Like, just stop. Just stop. I don't I don't want to have to watch my team at 9 30 in the morning on Sunday. Bruh. First of all, because I can't, because I do attend church, so I won't be watching them if they play at 9.30. But also, it's England, for God's sakes. Who cares? I don't care at all. History began 1776, okay? That's when history began. Everything before that is just preface. Can we stop with the doggone NFL Europe expansion? And just, if you want to expand... Expand here. There's plenty of places in the United States yes. that you can expand. Yes. <laughs> okay. We don't have to put these teams on flights over to Europe. I'm just done with it. Give so North Dakota a team before you take them to London, bro. I'm not After trying to see that. Crying out loud. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. I'm I'm just done with it. I'm I, I'm done. Dan Campbell's about to be on the main cast here in like 10 minutes. Yes. Well, maybe not 10 minutes. He's a second guest on, so probably like second quarter. But you got the Bucks and you got the Cowboys tonight. Uh, I picked the Bucks because I will never pick the Cowboys. Um, And I'm ready to see Tom Brady at least beat Dak and then lose to whomever in the second round. And I'm okay with that. But we've got the Super Wild Card weekend. Real quick, how do you feel about them playing this game Monday night? I I don't don't like like it. it. I don't like it at all. This is dumb. I don't like it at all. This they first had, round should be over. Yes. You should have had everything crunched into this weekend like it has been. I don't like them doing this on Monday at all. This is just, just greed by the side of the There league. were only two games on Saturday. Right. So you easily could have just did a three and three. Like, this makes easily. no sense whatsoever. Just it's because so dumb teams. because one team's going to get a longer break. The other yep. team's going to get a shorter break. Right. Like, so stupid. Just... Just bizarre. It's so, dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. Thank you, Ricky, for noticing my scathing takes. It's been, it's been You've a good been therapy session. I, hey, look, I don't call out the Lions for not being a place to win and then not win more than the Lions. All those hollow catches and yards you had this year. Hawk. You're oh. a clown, bro. You're clown a clown. Show. Go ahead. Good luck in free agency. You had a great, listen, he had a great game yesterday. I like he played well, mm-hmm. but that's what happens when Justin Jefferson gets taken away. Exactly. And forty. good luck, TJ, wherever you go, because I know it won't be Detroit and we'll be better for it. So, Eric, we'll see you next Monday. Everybody that's been watching, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next Monday night, seven o'clock sharp, ready to talk about next weekend's playoff matchups and what happened we'll get a little more nfl quick hits if the pistons were worth talking about we would talk about them but we'll get there. they're not no so eric have a great week man everybody that's too, watching man. thank you for tuning in make sure you subscribe on youtube facebook twitter tiktok instagram follow detroit sports nation for all of your detroit sports content because we cover everything and we will see you all next monday